the Blaze Radio Network. On Demand. 2017 is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. 1-800-913-4653. And go for Mike Slater in 3, 2, 1. You're listening to Mike Slater, part of the next generation of talk radio, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Slater's America's greatest country in the world. Thanks for being here. Happy Saturday. Happy Father's Day weekend as well. So I got an email the other day. Got a couple of emails along these lines, but I just want to read this one email. Um... Hopefully it might be relevant to you as well. This person said, as we know, Slater, it's graduation season. At least it is in San Diego. I know it's different everywhere. but uh, We have young men graduating, heading out to our colleges, of which, in my opinion, have a questionable atmosphere and influence in our young men. And I have a nephew who's graduating and heading off to school in Washington, D.C., I wanted to see if you could recommend a father away from home, boys becoming men, good moral foundation style book that I can present to him as a gift. Now, he does have progressive tendencies already, raised in a Christian environment. So anything having a Christian conservative flavor that would keep his moral compass pointing in the right direction while away from his home would be a plus. Excellent question. So, uh... I have two suggestions. So I'm thinking, so again, this would, this would, I think be good for high schoolers going to college, college kids going to the real world, but also good father's day presents as well. But let me focus specifically on, on this person. This is a high school senior. Now, when I was a high schooler, I, I did not like to read and you're about to go to college where you're going to read a ton, right? So I mean, summertime, you're not going to read. If you don't like reading, at least I didn't, I'm not going to read there in the summertime before I'm going to college where I know I'm going to read a ton. So I don't want to suggest any book that's too long or in in depth. Um, I'm not going to suggest a a Christian book because mm, I don't know. And then we can argue about this, but I think going into a secular progressive environment, if you're already Christian, I I don't think the secular part is as big of a problem as the progressive part, but either way, right? Um, I, I just want to give, I want to suggest a book with good, conservative values but not like by ann coulter right it's not i don't mean politically conservative just good hearty conservative value book without shoving it down your face i mean if i if i want to do a christian book i do wild at heart i'll throw it out there but that's not the two i'm going to talk about here or that's not one of the two i'm going to talk about here i got two suggestions the first it's called make your bed by admiral mcraven 
So McRaven is a Navy SEAL. He's an admiral. He was the commander of Joint Special Operations Command. So he is the guy. He's the head of all. He was the head of all the special ops groups in the military, right? You can't get more baller than Admiral McRaven. And back in 2014, he gave the commencement address at Texas, his alma mater. And it's right up there with one of the best commencement addresses ever. If you just Google Admiral McRaven, Texas, it'll pop up. It's 20 minutes. Uh, it's, it's excellent. Um, it's entitled, If You Want to Change the World. Can we play? Uh, this is the, his first piece of advice that he gave at this commencement address. Here it is, 14, uh, 1542. So here are the 10 lessons I learned from basic SEAL training that hopefully will be of value to you as you move forward in life. Every morning in SEAL training, my instructors, who at the time were all Vietnam veterans, would show up in my barracks room, and the first thing they'd do was inspect my bed. If you did it right, the corners would be square, the covers would be pulled tight, the pillow centered just under the headboard, and the extra blanket folded neatly at the foot of the rack. It was a simple task, mundane at best, but every morning, we were required to make our bed to perfection. It seemed a little ridiculous at the time, particularly in light of the fact that we were aspiring to be real warriors, tough, battle-hardened SEALs. But the wisdom of this simple act has been proven to me many times over. If you make your bed every morning, you will have accomplished the first task of the day. It will give you a small sense of pride, and it will encourage you to do another task and another and another. And by the end of the day, that one task completed will have turned into many tasks completed. Making your bed will also reinforce the fact that the little things in life matter. If you can't do the little things right, you'll never be able to do the big things right. And if by chance you have a miserable day, you will come home to a bed that is made, <laughs> that you made. And a made bed gives you encouragement that tomorrow will be better. So if you want to change the world, start off by making your bed. <laughs> so keep, keep in mind who that guy is. <laughs> he, the commander of Joint Special Operations Command. So SEALs and all the different branches. They're like He's the man and his advice is you got to make your bed. You got to make your bed every day. And there's why, right? So it's 20 minutes of perfection and he turned that into a book. It's super short. Can I just read one, one section here that I think would be relevant to the college world. He said, one of the titles is, one of the chapters is, if, if you want to change the world, get over being a sugar cookie. And he writes about Bud's training. This is the uh, Hell Week stuff. And you're fully clothed. You got combat boots on the whole thing. Soaking wet, because he's been running in and out of the, the ocean all day. And one of these days, the instructor comes up to him and says, you know what to do, Mac? So he fell on the ground and rolled around in the sand, making himself completely covered in sand. And when you think you're, you're completely covered in sand from rolling in it, you get on your knees and you throw the sand up in the air with your arms all over your body. You got to get the sand everywhere. And then when you're done, when it's all covered on the outside of your body, you pull open the, your jacket and you pour sand down your clothes, every crevice of your entire body covered with sand. And they call this making yourself a sugar cookie. And McCraven said there's nothing more uncomfortable in the SEAL training process 
than spending the day as a sugar cookie. No, there's things more painful and exhausting, but spending the entire day with sand down your neck and between your legs and all over your body, it's just awful. Is that if you go to the ocean and you're getting out of the ocean and you got to walk to your beach towel, right? You know, you get, you get wet feet, sandy and wet feet. Like, you know how annoying that is? Imagine that over your whole body and you're fully clothed and all that stuff. You spend the whole day doing that, running and doing everything else you do. Horrible. But he said the worst part, emotionally, and I'll quote, he says, there's no rhyme or reason. You became a sugar cookie at the whim of the instructor. And to many of the SEAL trainees, this was hard to accept. Those that strived to be the very best expected that they would be rewarded for their stellar performance. And sometimes they were, but then again, sometimes they were not. Sometimes the only things they got for their effort was wet and sandy. And the instructor said, Mac, do you have any idea why you're a sugar cookie this morning? No, Instructor Martin. Because Mr. Mac, life isn't fair. And the sooner you learn that, the better off you'll be. Don't our college snowflakes need to learn that lesson? But the story doesn't end there. A year later, after he made it through Bud, he and the instructor became close friends. They were on a first-name basis. His name was Moki. And he was an amazing athlete. He was a top-notch triathlete. And one day he was riding in this area in San Diego. It's called The Strand. It's right where the Navy SEALs train. And it's in between uh, Coronado and Imperial Beach. It's two towns. And there's just a straight, flat road. And it is a cyclist's paradise. Because you have San Diego Bay on one side, and you have the ocean on the other, and it's flat, and it is just an awesome place to let it rip and do a time trial and just put your head down and pedal as fast as you can. And it's beautiful. And early one morning, Moki was riding, head down, pedaling as fast as he could. And he didn't see that someone else was doing the exact same thing coming in the opposite direction right at him. And they crashed. The other rider was okay. Moki was paralyzed. Now, there was hope at first that this would be temporary. But the days, the months, and the years passed. And Moki has never regained the use of his legs and has limited use of his arms. This was 35 years ago. He's in a wheelchair today. And McCraven said he's never once heard Moki complain about his misfortune, not one time. Never once has he asked, why me? Never once an ounce of pity. He went on to become a painter, a father, and he oversees what they call the Super Frog Triathlon every year in Coronado, right near where he got hurt. McCraven said, it's easy to blame your lot in life on some outside force, to stop trying because you believe fate is against you. It's easy to think that the way you were raised, how your parents treated you, or what school you went to is what determines your future. Nothing could be further from the truth. Sometimes, no matter how hard you try, no matter how good you are, you still end up being a sugar cookie. Don't complain. Don't blame it on your misfortune. 
stand tall, look to the future, and drive on. The book's called Make Your Bed. Short, easy, simple read. Stories like that. Make Your Bed by Admiral McRaven. Just came out like a month ago. So it'll be at the bookstore today. Uh, I got one more book suggestion. I just finished this one, actually. It's an older book. I just finished it. I think it's my favorite book I've ever read. Total Game Changer. I'll share this one with you next. Mike Slater Show, The Blaze Radio Network. Spread the word. This is Mike Slater on The Blaze Radio Network. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951. Mike Slater on the Blaze Radio Network. Slater Presenters, is the other book that I recommend for graduating high schoolers, college kids, and Father's Day is called The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. Uh, not The Art of War by Sun Tzu, although that's good. Uh, this is The War of Art. Stephen Pressfield, he wrote The Legend of Bagger Vance. He wrote Gates on Fire or Gates of Fire which is uh, the favorite book of every warrior. It's a good Father's Day gift too, Gates of Fire. It's awesome. I think it's required reading in the military academies, actually, Gates of Fire. It's about the Battle of Thermopylae. Anyway, he's uh, Stephen Pressfield, right up there, one of the greatest writers of our era. But this is his first nonfiction book, The War of Art. It is fantastic. I just finished it yesterday, and I'm starting it over again. It's that short. Just I'm going right back around. It's perfection. Every sentence. And it's, it's not just for writers or artists. It's about how to push through the thing that prevents us from being our true creative selves and, and being our true self. And that could be what's stopping you from sticking to a diet or a workout regimen, or what's keeping you from launching a business, or from stopping a bad habit, or from writing that book you've always wanted to write, or that presentation you need to do, or whatever. Whatever keeps us from doing what we know we need to do, he calls that force the resistance. And the resistance is a glorious thing, and it is an insidious evil thing. Please buy this book. It, it's, uh, it sounds self-helpy, but it's not. It's, it's way more than just your basic self-help book. It is beautifully poetic. And it identifies, helps you identify the resistance and then how to overcome it. Can I just share one story here from the book? Uh, and this barely scratches the surface. So please don't even judge the book by this story. There's so much more to it than this. I almost feel like I'm doing a disservice by sharing anything from it. But uh, So you got Stephen Pressfield, 17 years into trying to become a professional writer. 
he has his first movie, King Kong Lives. Now, let me just stop here because 17 years in trying to become a professional writer. I feel like this is a good book for kids because it slaps them across the face and, and says success isn't overnight. It's just not. That's a lie. That is an absolute total lie. But that's part of our instant gratification culture we have today. The American Idol culture is that you're just going to be successful in within six months. It's impossible. It doesn't happen that way. So 17 years into trying to become a professional writer, he got his first movie, King Kong Lives. He wrote it with the man who went on to write Alien and Total Recall. Now, these two guys were totally sure it'd be a hit, a total blockbuster. And they invited all of their friends to come see it opening night. And they even rented the space next door of the movie theater to do a, a, a post triumph blowout. Get there early. He warned his friends because the place is going to be mobbed. Nobody showed up. A, a couple of their friends did, but no, no, no one else showed up. And after the movie was over, he says all of his friends fled the scene like cockroaches in the night. Can I read from the book here? He says next day, the next day came the review in variety. Ronald Shusett and Steven Pressfield. We hope these are not their real names for their parents sake. <laughs> That's my favorite review I've ever seen in my life. We hope this isn't we hope these are not their real names for their parents' sake. <laughs> That's great. So he's like, all right, well, maybe this just didn't play well in a in a city theater. So he drove an hour outside of town into a rural movie theater. He bought a ticket. He was the only one there. He bought a ticket. And he asked the the, the teenager scooping his popcorn. He said, Hey man, how's King Kong lives? And the kid turns around and gives a thumbs down. Miss it, man, it sucks. He says, I was crushed. Here I was, 42 years old, divorced, childless, having given up all normal human pursuits to chase the dream of being a writer. And now I finally got my name on a big-time Hollywood production starring Linda Hamilton. And what happens? I'm a loser, a phony. My life is worthless, and so am I. My friend Tony Kuppelman snapped me out of it. By asking if I was going to quit. Well, heck no. I said, great, then be happy. You're where you wanted to be, aren't you? So you're taking a few blows. That's the price for being in the arena and not on the sidelines. Stop complaining and be grateful. That was when I realized I had become a pro. I had not yet had a success but I had had a real failure. Amazing. Love that story. So whatever it is in your life that you know you need to do, get this book. It'll help you do it. Uh, do I have time to share this? I'll share it real quick. This comes at a perfect time for me. So I wrote this book a couple months ago. It's a, a short book. It's The idea is for to read it in 30 minutes. And I wrote it and I let it sit for months. I promise you everything I'm going to share with you right now is true. I promise you. I'm not exaggerating a bit. <coughs> I let it sit for a couple months and I prayed. I said, God, you know, listen, I don't know. I don't know if anything should come of this or not. The next day, I'm not kidding. Out of nowhere, a listener wrote me an email, said that she's a book editor and was just wondering if there's anything I needed help with ever. So we talked a little bit. 
Still didn't do anything with it. I was too scared. Scared that it would be worthless. It would be bad. It was stupid. Bad idea. Who do you think you are? That kind of stuff. So I never sent it to her. A month goes by. And my wife says, so what's the deal with the book you wrote? I was walking out the door to go to work. And I said, gosh, you know, it's funny you say that. Some listener a month ago actually emailed me and said that she would edit it. I promise you this is how it went down. And I, she said, well, have you sent it? My wife said, have you sent it? I said, no, I haven't sent it yet. And my wife goes, you need to send it to her. Send it to her today. Right when you get to work, send it to her. I said, okay, I will. I get in the car. My, my hand was on the doorknob as we were having this conversation. So I walk outside. I get in the car. I sit down. I check my phone, my email before I, I back out. I got an email from Carol. Hey, Mike, just circling back to see if you need my help with, with any, anything, you know, this book that we were talking about. I don't know. It, she sent that email at the exact mo- it, like on the email it says sent one minute ago so so she was having she sent me the email the exact same time I was having the conversation with my wife that's incredible so it should be done in a few weeks as we're going through the process the war of art Stephen Pressfield go get it this is Mike Slater part of the next generation of talk radio on the blaze radio network Slater. So I want to do a quick segment here. We'll wrap up this point, and then I want to get to um, a clip I saw last week. Wrap the whole show uh, together here. Um, so about these two books, Make Your Bed, Admiral McRaven, and The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. So real quick about this this ebook, this short little book that I wrote. Um, so I finally sent it off to her. I just shared the story. I don't have to go through it again. But I sent it, I sent it off, and a week later, she sent it back to me with edits and she wrote me this this long (coughs) excuse me sorry i'm a little sick today i'm almost there half an hour later keep it going um she wrote me this long email and she outlined everything that was wrong with the book now to me it was like she was stabbing me in the neck repeatedly every single word i read was you're awful, you're terrible, you're the worst, who do you think you are, this is trash, throw it away. (laughs) Like, just brutal. That's how it felt. In reality, her advice was kind, thoughtful, unbelievably helpful in every single way, spot on, perfect advice, makes the book a hundred times better. I'm incredibly grateful for it. But it was unbelievable how I interpreted this feedback. So, when I got that, that's when I started reading The War of Art. And Pressfield talks about this resistance. And that's what that was, right? This, this horrible self-talk. That's resistance. This inner voice telling me I'm no good. That's resistance. This fear that I have of, of putting it out there. What I wrote, putting it out there. The fear. Far from being a bad thing. And this, this is why I think it's so good for for college kids or for kids just entering the real world and for anyone this we live in a culture where we try to avoid pain and we try to avoid fear and if oh i'm afraid of something that means i better not do it and, and you run away from it 
No, no, no. The fear is a good thing because I'll just speak personally. It told me that this is what I really care about. Like I actually care about what I wrote. That's why I'm scared to put it out there. If I didn't care, then I wouldn't be scared. So the fact that I do care, or excuse me, the fact that I am scared, the fact that I am afraid of it, that means I have to do it. That means it is important. So I'll end with this paragraph from Pressfield. Actually, I lied. Two more paragraphs. He says, resistance, the resistance you feel is directly proportional to love. If you're feeling massive resistance, the good news is it means there's a tremendous love there too. If you didn't love the project that is terrifying you, you wouldn't feel anything. The opposite of love is not hate. It's indifference. The more resistance you experience, the more important your unmanifested art project enterprise is to you and the more gratification you will feel when you finally do it. He goes on, he says, have you ever watched Inside the Actor's Studio? The host, James Lipton, invariably asks his guests, what factors make you decide to take a particular role? And the actor always answers, because I'm afraid of it. The professional tackles the project that will make him stretch. He takes on the assignment that will bear him into uncharted waters, compel him to explore unconscious parts of himself. Is he scared? Well, heck yes, he's petrified. Conversely, the professional turns down roles that he's done before. He's not afraid of them anymore. So why waste his time? If you, so if you're paralyzed with fear, it's a good sign. It shows you what you have to do. So the original question was books for high school or graduating off to college. So why these two? There's a ton of wisdom. And not only wisdom, but wisdom that is contrary to every prevailing ideology on college campuses today. Right? Like it's, it's the exact opposite. So we, I shared, if you're just tuning in, I shared the story from Admiral McRaven and Bud Seal training. You're a sugar cookie. Do you know why you're a sugar cookie today, Mac? Do you know why I had you cut? You cover yourself. You're soaking wet and dressed. You're covered in sand now for the rest of the day. Do you know why you're a sugar cookie? Because life's not fair. And the sooner you realize that, the better off you're going to be. Just not fair. Life's not fair. Bad things happen. Suck it up. That is totally contrary to everything that goes on in our college campuses today. What everyone is taught, which is you're a victim, everything's against you, uh, institutional oppression, you can't make it, blah, 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 blah. It's total lies. Total, total lies. These two books are full of truth. And the main theme throughout both of them is suffering. James 1 Consider it pure joy whenever you face trials of many kinds. Pure joy because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance and let the perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. I love that line, not lacking anything. But consider it pure joy when you face trials. How about that for against prevailing wisdom? So the story of Admiral McRaven being a sugar cookie Life's not fair. The War of Art, Pressfield, he was a Marine. And he says the Marine Corps teaches you an incredible skill set. How to be miserable. He says the artist has to love to be miserable. And artists, again, it's about, the book is about you know, writing and stuff, but it's not, it's more than that. Because he also throws in there any creative enterprise pursuit, launching a business, anything of the heart, 
anything difficult. But that person loves to be miserable like the Marine. You have... So, so in our culture today, we try to avoid discomfort. But that's so wrong. You have to revel in it. He says, Marines love to be miserable. Marines derive a perverse satisfaction from having colder chow, crappier equipment, and higher casualty rates than any outfit of dog faces, swab jockeys, or flyboys, all of whom they despise. Why? Because these candy bleeps don't know how to be miserable. The artist committing himself to, be, to his calling has volunteered for hell, whether he knows it or not. He will be dining for the duration on a diet of isolation, rejection, self-doubt, despair, ridicule, contempt, and humiliation. The artist must be like that Marine. He has to know how to be miserable. He has to love being miserable. He has to take pride in being more miserable than any soldier or swabby or jet jockey. Why? Because this is war, baby, and war is hell. I just imagine giving that to a high school senior who's going into college where the culture is everything's easy. Everything should be handled to, handed to you. You're entitled to everything. I'm just going to sit back, play video games, avoid discomfort, avoid, uh, just, just seek pleasure. That's, that's what college, that's what our culture is all about, right? Seeking pleasure. And if you can raise a kid and, and maybe give this book to someone, to a kid and have them change their mindset and they can go into college. I'm not saying you have to be a miserable person, but to buckle down and get it done and to revel in the difficulty of doing important things. Total game changer. Make your bed. War of art. 1-888-900-3393. Mike Slater show the blaze radio network. Spread the word. Mike Slater. We'll continue in a moment on the blaze radio network. Mike Slater is on. Slater Crusaders, let's go to Joe, who's in Tampa Bay. What's going on, Joe? Uh, On a couple things. One, I've read the Make Your Bed book. Mm -hmm. Uh, I can't remember if I heard about it on Doc or Glenn, but bought it immediately and read it. It It's super great read. I read it in about... I don't know, yeah, 45 quick. minutes. Yeah, exactly. And had yeah, both my teenage sons read it, one who's already at a freshman in college and the other ones who's going to be a freshman in college this year. Nice. And they both took a lot away from it, I think. Um, I'm going to pick up that other book, The War of Art, and I wanted to call back to something else you were talking about maybe 45 minutes or an hour ago mm-hmm. about that pretend university and the state of who gives a crap. Uh, <laughs> and... and uh, say, you know, every time that they talk about uh, how much the president of organization X makes, and they say, well, but you know what, we have to pay him this much, because otherwise, how can we attract the very best, you know, talent? What, what, who, any, you could get out of the 300 million 
people in the United States and 170 million of those are adults, there are probably 179 million 998,997 are better than that guy to be the president of that university. And, and I'm sure any of them would take would accept less than $300,000. <laughs> hey, I'll tell you what, I'll do it for 150. Is <laughs> I mean I'd, that's pathetic. Yeah. And and people well, I was going to say people pay for it, but the taxpayers are forced to pay for that too. That's what, what, what state was that in? Uh, Washington, Olympia, Washington. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. Else. Yeah, and I can't see how it gets worse than that one. That one takes the cake so far. I'm sure they'll find a way to top it, but uh, that's the worst yet. Um, Joe, you. real quick, what, what what do you think your uh, kids took away from the Make Your Bed book, or what do you hope they took? Well, away Well, you know something, I I jog in the morning and I think about that book a lot. And I wonder if, you know, there's a difference between thinking and hoping when it comes to what other people are getting from something, right? That's right. And, and, I, and I think about what they may or may have gotten from it. And uh, uh, probably before they leave and about uh, when they go back to or go out to school in, in one case and back to school in the other case in about two months, I'm probably going to have them read it again. And then whether this is the right idea or wrong idea, I'm probably going to, for lack of a better word, get them to do sort of a book report on it. Sure. You know, give me their thoughts, whether it's just a verbal type of a thing or not, um, to find out what, you know, what we can get out of it. Because when I am, when I you know, run in the morning, then I come to work and I have a you know, good medium or, or bad day, when I'm just sitting there with my head in my hands and I think, well... At least I ran five miles this morning. You know, I mean, the rest of the day may or may not go that well. But I'm hoping that that what they got out of it was um, the same the, the, sort of, the, you know, it, it's, it's those whatever it is, t- eight or ten small little chapters. And, th- and that bed one that it's named after, the title, really is the one to me that, um, and I'll t- oh, I'll tell you another book, though. Um, I think it's called Eat That Frog. I picked it up in Barnes & Noble a couple of weeks ago, and it talks about doing your hardest task of the day first. Yeah, right? yeah I've heard that and, before. Yeah. Um, and because everybody's got these, these projects at work or in school, and you don't want to do it, you don't want to do it, you don't want to do it. So you put it off, and the longer you put it off, the worse it gets. Yep. And then when you eventually do it, it usually turns out it wasn't as bad as you were building it up to be. And nope, it's a good, that is, good, yeah. Let me. I want. I want to play one more clip here, Joe. I appreciate the call, brother. Thanks for listening. I'm really glad day. you had your kids read that. I look forward to hear what they say about it. If you get them, if you have them read it again, um, yeah. The, the, and the, I love the takeaway from the making your bed is that you can't accomplish the big things unless you can also accomplish the little things. So uh, get some momentum with little things too. The, the point is just get it done. That's that's the big thing. Um, I want to wrap up with this. Last week I watched. Thanks for the call, Joe. Last week I watched. Uh, turned over to 60 minutes and they were doing a story on Bruno Mars. So I, I like Bruno Mars. Well, so I'm like, Oh, I'll learn about Bruno Mars. So he grew up in Honolulu with his dad and his brother. They slept on couch to couch, slept in his car. Um, the, in the, in the piece, they went to one place he used to live. It's a tiny house in the middle of the jungle. Uh, today the roof is torn off and it's overrun with plants. Um, there's, you know, it didn't look like that when he lived there, but it still was not nice. There was no electricity. Uh, and he never used it as an excuse. Never once, because if he did, we wouldn't know him and he wouldn't be super popular. 
And that's why these social justice warriors are, are just setting themselves up for a miserable, miserable, meaningless, insignificant life. And it's sad and it's a waste. Especially coming from people who have no excuse. Bruno Mars had every excuse. But he still didn't let that stop. I want to play a clip here. It's 1530. But the bed would be right there in the middle. Yeah. And you'd all sleep in one bed? We'd all sleep in one bed. Happy memories? The best. That is kind of amazing. Yeah. And that what you remember about it is not the struggle or the things you didn't have. It's no. all the things you, you had. Yeah. We had it all, you know. We had each other. And it never felt like it was the end of the world. Sorry, right, we don't got... We don't got electric today, it's all right. It's temporary, so we're gonna figure this out. You know, maybe that's why I have this mentality when it comes to the music. Because I know I'm gonna, fig I'm gonna figure it out. Just give me some time. <laughs> Love that. Well, one more clip here. Um, this, uh, this ties back into the other two books too. The idea that you never stop working and, and things won't be given to you. You have to earn them. And you just, it, that never stops. And it shouldn't ever stop. This is how the 60-minute story ends, 1531. We, yeah, let me, there we it's go. It's easy to see that Bruno Mars loves the only job he's ever wanted. And that he's still driven to get it right. I was built for this, Laura. It's... Dedicating yourself to your craft, spending thousands of hours in the studio learning how to write a song, learning how to play different chords, training yourself to sing, you know, to get better and better. Are you there? No, not even close. <laughs> I love that. In our instant gratification culture, there's Bruno being like, am I there yet? Not even close. See you next Saturday. Spread the word. You're listening to Mike Slater on the Blaze Radio Network.